probably bathed in some generic soap, put on the freshest, crispest blue suit he could find. And he had an idea. He said, Dadgummit, I'm going to hit up my lawyer friends. I want all my kids to live on this here ranch. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome or welcome back to Soap Lore, the official gathering place for newbies, novices, and OG diehard fans of the Golden Age of Primetime. I'm your host, Jet. I'm viewing and reviewing the soapiest, fuzziest primetime storylines of the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. It's time to move on from Dynasty, which left me reeling. Let me tell you what they brought their A-game. Let's see if Dallas can do the same. It is a Dallas type of day. So whether you're new to this or true to this, sit back and enjoy. Tell the kids it's time to play outside or out of sight. Tell Bay can't be bothered. No questions, suggestions, or concerns for the next 25 to 35 minutes. Everyone else in earshot, you can be cool, quiet, or you can be kicked out. Those are your only options because we need to discuss our stories. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is Soap Lore. What's up, gorgeous? Hope your day is shaping up well. I'm in a stellar mood. Season 3, episode 20 has been great to me. I think it's safe to say, as I crawl into almost two years, guys, can you believe I've been doing this for two years? As I crawl into that second year, it's official. Like, I'm addicted. I'm fully addicted. I fully think about these shows as I think about my regular shows. Like, okay, how do I work this in? Um, I don't have a lot in rotation right now, though, which is strange because it's binge season. And I think the ability to stream things has changed the way I view a lot of things. So sometimes I'll just let something build up. I don't want to watch just one episode. I want to watch five, which makes it really difficult doing these because I would love to just plow through the whole season and see how things goes. But there's something very kind of relaxing about watching them one at a time, doing it old school, watching it the way it would have come on television and giving my commentary afterward. It makes me like sit back and actually savor and enjoy a show. With that being said, I also am in a stellar mood because I managed to get rid of my allergies for the most part. Like I've been trying different combinations of things. Like the fall is brutal where I live. So you just never know. Tis the season. People are getting the flu. People are getting all sorts of things. So I am treating people like they have the plague for the most part. I got my ginger. I got my juice. I will be adding ginger to all of my sparkling beverages and I'm so pumped because I finally found AHA. I've been looking for that for a while. I had a can this summer, like I went into Michael's to pick up some ribbon or something. This was early summer, late May. Found a can. It was so good. It was one of the bigger ones, but I hadn't been able to find it in any grocery store all summer. Found the six packs now. I am in heaven. Of course, now that the weather's changing, but makes me know never mind because I do like to drink a little something sparkly when I watch my soaps, when I watch my stories. All right, enough of that. I hope you're doing good. Your day wasn't great. Kick back. This is the place to be. Kick your shoes off, relax. If you're walking, I'm always kind of curious. I wonder what you guys do when you listen to podcasts. I personally like to drive with them. I like to work with them. And then like, I'd like to do just dishes, cook dinner while I'm listening to something. So whatever you're doing, do it well. Take care of yourself. I really mean that, especially in these winter months, fall months. You got to take the time, baby. You got to take the time to just make sure you're in your best, just best headspace. And if that means vegging out for 30 to 45 minutes a day, 
do it. Do what you got to do. You don't have to explain nothing to nobody. You grown. <laughs> At least you should be because the kids are playing outside or out of sight. Anyway, let's jump into this season three, episode 20 of Dallas. Uh, Again, even though I'm watching these once a week, I kind of forgot what happened last week on Dallas. Okay, yes, yes, yes. I remember now Sue Ellen's choice. That was a breakup to makeup. Everybody on Dallas was doing really crappy last week. It was not a great week for relationships. I can't imagine it's going to get better on this episode. Let's dig in. So the synopsis is as follows. I got to move my mic. This is called Second Thoughts. JR pushes Alan Beam, aka Euphoria, to pressure Lucy into setting a wedding date, so they'll move to Chicago. But Jock messes up JR's plans by securing F-O dot dot dot. You know, I live for the King of Azul's interruptions. I love his kind of kerflunking through things. This should be interesting. I'm always a little bit surprised when Lucy doesn't have more of a lead in this. So this sounds like this is going to be a Lucy episode. I'm pumped. I'm going to contain myself. I was a little, I was a little, a little too hype last episode, but hey, I am who I am. I'm passionate about certain things. And Dynasty was giving, baby. Everything about Dynasty was so good last week to me. So let's hope that Dallas will bring their A game. <clears throat> After all, this is episode 20. Season three, episode 20, Second Thoughts. So last week, of course, Lucy was a little bit icked out. There wasn't a lot going on with her and Alan, but she seemed to be grossed out by him in some aspects. They didn't expand on that. This episode, she is at college and she's talking to her little redhead friend. Now, I never noticed before, but the redhead friend is such a contrast from what Lucy is. Lucy is a blonde bombshell. She's got like a shirt. She's she's dressed in a skirt with this vest and this blue shirt, but there's like no buttons. It's basically a J-Lo dress type shirt open all the way to her belly button. It's very, very sexy for college. And she's all pumped to get to her lit class. And her homegirl, this redhead girl, is like, why are you suddenly so interested in this class? Turns out Lucy is sweet on her teacher. Now, is she sweet on her teacher because she has a crush? She has that uh, Ewing wandering eye? Or is it because she's looking for an out with her marriage? Soap tax tells me she's looking for an out in her marriage. Last week, for no good reason, she was just eating dinner with Alan. She looked him up and down and was just like, this is gross. It is bizarre. I keep saying this, but it's like she's young. She has no past. She's a perfect person to bounce around this episode, but they don't seem to utilize her very, very much. Let's chill and see what turns of this. But she does speak about um, she's visited her parents, which is the thing is, I'm not even going to go there. We'll get into Knox Landing when it's time for Knox Landing. That'll be over our over Christmas thing, y'all. We can kick back. We can watch it. I'm assuming the first season is about 10 episodes. You know, you got to have a pilot. You got to see if there's a spinoff. It's not unusual for there to be a guest appearance on a spinoff. I'm just wondering, when is the Dynasty Dallas thing going to happen? Does it happen? One of my favorite things about this show is the things they get right about Texas. There's a next scene where Pam goes over to Cliff's apartment. Mind you, Cliff has been stripped of every accolade he's ever had. 
He's no longer a senator. He's no longer a lawyer. He's no longer doing anything. He is chilling in his apartment, letting laundry pile up, letting his father, drunk digger, drink up all the alcohol and booze he can stand. And he's doing sort of the same. He's vibing out. He's sitting on the couch. He's drinking. It looks like he's just drinking regular, regular beer, but he he's a shell of the former man that he was. Now, Pam, being a Ewing, being a Barnes, is stopping by to make sure everything is everything. It's very apparent. As soon as she opens the door, things are not kosher. Things are not going right for him. So Cliff tells her he's working on this and that. And she's like, why well, can't we look for daddy? Daddy's going to Corpus to work? At this point, who gives a damn about Digger? Let him do what he's doing. He's already gotten drunk and spilled all the tea, which has then empowered Cliff to spill all the tea, only to be left empty-handed. He's got no son. He's got no career. He's got nothing. So he's just, allow the man a grace period. But she's like, dang, I've never seen him like this. I feel the way about it. The thing, though, that I notice as a viewer is that Cliff has never looked better to me personally. He's all gruffed out. He's got on the unbuttoned shirt. He's got on the denim. He's wearing the boots. As someone who's grown up in Texas and lived in Texas forever, this is very, very accurate. That is what we would call, um, so business casual other places might mean wearing slacks and a polo. You can wear denim. And as long as you wear a sports coat over it, you're fine in Texas. It's absolutely fine. I know a guy, I'm not going to name names, who's on the board of a very, very important place. And he wears overalls to the board meetings. That's just what you do. People respect your quirk. If you're going to be a quirky, weirdo, rich person, do it in Texas. Do it in Texas or do it in SoCal. Because people are going to accept you for exactly who you are. You don't have to adapt to anything. Anyway, Cliff is in his boots. He's in his button-down uh, blue shirt, and he's just basically telling Pam, I don't know what's up next for me. I'll worry about it when I need to worry about it. But in the meantime, in between time, let me just mind my business and drink this beer. If you want to talk to Daddy, he's in the bedroom. Of course, she goes in there, and she offers to give him a ride. He doesn't want to fly on a plane. Digger's just like, I'm a drunk, and the longer time that I have just by myself, the more I'm going to drink. So I need to either get to work. And if I'm too old for the rigs, then I'll start driving the truck. I got to be useful in some way. I totally get that. Keeping your hands busy, having a purpose, having something to do every single day is absolutely vital to your life, whether that's taking care of another person or taking care of yourself. Shout out to people who understand how to take care of themselves as a full-time job. That is important. And it is very, very rare. Pam seems to be on this mission to make sure that Cliff has something to do because not for nothing, even though she's married to Bobby, she's married, she's a Ewing, she knows that these people have essentially set him up for failure. So at the very least, all you, the least you could do is hook my brother up with a job because he didn't make, he didn't make up the Sue Ellen thing. Now, quiet as kept, turns out he's not the father. But it wasn't for lack of trying. He was with her for a significant amount of time. He slept with her more than Jr. has ever slept with her in his life. We'll get to Sue Ellen in a minute. Sue Ellen is on one. This was actually the first time I've listened or I've watched an episode of Dallas and thought, 
that the title was a perfect match for what's going on in this episode. Everybody on this episode has a sense of clarity. They have that sobriety. They have that, that just post apocalyptic clarity when they're like, mm, I know what my next move is. Let us continue. So a few things are happening this episode that are noteworthy. Like I said, it seems like everyone woke up from a hangover and they're like, oh, I probably got to change some things in my life. Number one is Pam. Now, Pam is a full on Ewing. She's trying her best to reconcile her marriage. She's going to turn a blind eye to her husband hooking up with his ex, Jenna. Allegedly, he didn't. But ultimately, you know, they have whatever. She saw them kiss each other all in the mouth. Her focus is this episode is not her husband's maybe, maybe not hook up with Jenna. She's focused on her brother. She's like, dang, whether I want to accept it or not, the Ewing screwed my brother over. He was minding his own business. Yes, he had an affair with Sue Ellen, but ultimately she had an affair with him. It is a two-way street. What had happened, though, is that her brother's business was splashed all over all the tabloids in Texas. And ultimately, it was for naught. He's not even the father of that baby. So now he is jobless, sonless, focusless. So she goes over to his house and he has he has things strewn about his, his living room. My first thought when watching this was that, okay, the first scene of this episode is JR running up on Euphoria. Like, hey, how come you haven't married my brat of a niece yet? I need her out of the hell of my house. What are you, what's taking you so long? Alan had every mismatched hodgepodge pillow, throw pillow, on his couch that you can imagine. It just reminded me of a kid who just moved out of his house from high school. And you know, you get all that donated furniture. It don't match. It don't look good. But you know what? It's not supposed to. It's supposed to be tactile. You deal with it. You make it work or you don't. That's what his house looks like. So when you go to, to Cliff's house, maybe it was slightly disheveled. He had a few things here and there. But like I said, he looked great. He gruff suits him, gruff suits him, disheveled hair suits him, a little bit of a mess suits him. Mind you, he grew up with Digger Barn, so this was great. He's just like, I don't know what's going to happen with my life. I'll deal with it when I need to deal with it. Pam is disturbed by this. So she goes home and she's like, Bob, I have never in my life seen my brother this disheveled. Don't you think you could hook up? Can't you hook him up with something? And Bobby's like, you know, I love you, so I'll make this happen. Well, he tries to make it happen, and Jr. intercedes, and he's like, "Why are you trying to make? Why are you trying to make something happen for Barnes? They tried to embarrass us." And Jr. and Bobby's like, "I got a whole wife who I care about, and quite frankly, I mean, he's not that bad, so I'm gonna do what I can do." Which is all fine and good until. Cliff goes home, he washes his face, he gets his life together. He looks at himself in the mirror and he's like, oh my God, this is pathetic. Get your ish together, Cliff. He goes on this interview and they offer him basically an entry-level position. He's like, pause, do you not know my resume? You know, uh, defamed or not, defunct or not, I, I am that dude. Clearly, I had a great job in Texas. I've been doing all the things, but the guy that he's with is like this oil tycoon he says you did a great job cliff unfortunately you did it for the wrong people so you're not exactly 
the person we want to hire. You are persona non grata. And the only reason I'm going to give you this interview is because Bobby Ewing hit me up and was like, hey, give me, give my brother-in-law a job. So Clip is like, oh, it's like that. It's like that. Y'all forgot that I was him. You forgot that I went to law school, that I have been um, a freaking candidate to be a senator. You forgot that I've worked my behind off from can't see in the morning to can't see at night. Now you want to play me like I'm some one of your little call girls? Guess what? I decline. Thank you so much for reminding me that I'm him. He's had enough. Not only does he decide, you know what? I'm going to do something better with my life, which... Spoiler alert, we don't know what it is, but by the end of the episode, Pam goes to check on him one more time and he's like, hey girl, how you doing? Come on in. You know what's this? That was real, real cute. The way you tried to set me up with a job with your deadbeat husband, but guess what? I don't need them. I don't need you. I don't need nothing. I'm going to be okay because you know why? I'm a hard worker and all I needed was a little motivation. So at the end of the day, thank you, baby. Thank you, sis. I appreciate you trying to play me like I'm some lame, but guess what? I'm good. Thanks, babe. Talk to you later. And he has this kind of dookie-eating grin on his face at the end of the episode. I don't know what he's up to, but Cliff has has gone to the lab with a pen and a pad, and he's decided that he's come up with a plan. I cannot wait to see what that develops into. So the bell of the ball this whole episode should be Lucy. Now Lucy again, they do never they never utilize her in a way that I think is vital. They kind of tease her, they bring her in from time to time. She plays off her grandparents, which is just not a great idea. But ultimately she's icked out. Like I said, the last episode she was totally icked out by Alan Euphoria Beam. And he is really sinking into this. Now he is getting pressure from JR because Lucy and he have not set a date for this wedding, and JR wants them the F out of Texas with the quickness. Y'all need to be in Chicago before this, before spring ends. I can't take it no more. Tornado season, and y'all need to be gone. You need to be in the windy city with the quickness. Not happening. Lucy is starting to put things together, and she's like, damn, he's okay. He's not great. He's cool. He's not all that. I could make this work, but she's like, she's not really thinking any deeper than that. It's good enough for her that they are engaged. Well, as as the episode progresses, Jock has gotten, you know, he put, he woke up that morning, probably bathed in some generic soap, put on the freshest, crispest blue suit he could find. And he had an idea. He said, dadgummit, I'm going to hit up my lawyer friends. I want all my kids to live on this here ranch. Kids means grandkids and not whatnot. I raise this little girl, that's my daughter. So what he does is he calls up one of his homies in Dallas and he's like, hey, you're old and decrepit, right? You're gonna quit, right? And his homeboy's like, yeah, dude, I got about two, six, five days at the most. I can't take this crap anymore. So Jock is like, hey, you know, I'm about to have a grandson-in-law. He happens to be a lawyer. I think he'd be perfect for your firm. His friend's like, bet, what do I care? I'm out the door. Sign him up. I don't care. So Jock makes the deal with his homie. Like, my great grand, my grandson-in-law is going to take over for this firm. Now, he doesn't run this by anybody. Because in Jock's mind, he's like, this is the best present I can give Lucy. 
So he makes this announcement. You know, they all got to eat together. They got to eat dinner together. They got to eat breakfast together. So Lucy's chilling by the pool in her pantyhose, which I, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I, I can't really make it make sense. But it's also one of those things where it's like, it doesn't not make sense. It's almost like people who put ketchup on everything. I get it. It's a sauce. So you can do that if you choose to. I wouldn't go there, but hey, it do, it doesn't not work. So Lucy, the whole family's like outside chilling before dinner and Jock goes up to Euphoria and he's like, yo, you're a lawyer, right? You're a lawyer, right? And Euphoria's like, yeah, I'm a lawyer. How'd you like to, to, to be a partner in Dallas? Euphoria's like, oh shit, what do I do? Um, He's not saying, well, JR told me to go to Chicago, but... I'm listening, old man. You seem to have more authority. What say you? Well, Jock's like, well, I got this homeboy. He's about to, he's, he's back on to retire because he's old like me. And uh, you can take over. And I told him about it. It's basically a job. It's already there. All you got to say is yes. So Euphoria is like, well, obviously, yes, clearly. Cha-ching. He's thinking, dang, I done got out of this deal. All I got to do is get this little nincompoot to say yes, and I can keep her and my side piece, who happens to be on Terry from Falcon Crest, and I can stick at JR. Absolutely, I'm taking it. Of course. Well, JR hears this. He almost chokes on his beverage, and then he goes over to Euphoria, like, what the heck are you doing? We had a deal. And Euphoria's like, I can't go against your dad. You don't even go against your dad. Point, point taken. Points were made. The fact JR never bucks back against his father, even in his Azul suit. So long story long, Lucy's watching this in horror. She cannot believe that they have once again made a deal outside of her. And through a series of events, this episode, which I will leave out, she comes to the conclusion that she is not only not ready to be married, she's not ready to be married to Euphoria. She puts a kaput on the whole wedding and euphoria is like dang now there's a little side note i have gone through the necessary steps sophie so that you don't have to aunt terry on falcon crest is a hundred percent emma sue emma lou emma boo 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 on this episode <laughs> tell you what Dallas don't give a damn about giving you a name they listen if you are not important you're gonna get two three names and we're gonna get you out the door with quickness she's in this episode is worth your watch this whole episode I'm, I don't know what I should call it but I feel like it's called the devil works hard but J.R. Ewing works harder he's all over this he is solidifying himself as my favorite person on the show. And he is giving us all the things you want in a villain. He's working double time to make sure insignificant things don't matter. That's the thing. People think the villains are only about the, the, the big picture. No, the devil's in the details and the villains in the devil. You feel me? It is what it is. Lucy decides she ain't ready to be hitched to anybody just yet. Maybe she's into her teacher. Maybe she's not. I feel like she has that Ewing wandering eye. And luckily for us, Alan Euphoria Beam has been nipped at the knees, which makes him a perfect candidate to start pow, 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 popping pellets into people if need be. 
Guys, I think we're going to call it good right there. There are plenty of other things that happened, particularly with my girl Sue Ellen and her little nemesis and aka little sister Kristen. Things are popping off perfectly. This was a clarity episode. Everybody in this episode went to bed with a hangover, woke up with clarity and decided I have moves to make and they made them. Some of them worked, some of them didn't, but ultimately it was entertaining all the way around. Perfect competition for Dynasty. That's it. That's all for this episode. Join me next time as we jump into last week's winner, Falcon Crest. I'm already expecting big things because guess what? They never let me down. They have yet to let me down. The writers be writing. The actors be acting. The action be actioning. The drama be dramaing. I cannot wait to jump into that episode. So in the meantime, in between time, take care of yourself. I really mean it. Do what you got to do to make sure you're okay, okay? You are the number one priority here. Mind your business, stay moisturized, stay hydrated, and make sure all of your drama is on TV.